Hello and welcome back to another edition of Editing Aloud. And uh, um, um, we're having a sort of quieter week, I guess, panel than we did last week because the lights are on. And uh, <laughs> it's amazing everybody calms down when the lights are on. It's, and obviously we mustn't forget it and we're going to talk about it in a minute. But um, Lucano's paper, yeah, Business Day this morning, has this headline, Alex Forbes to sell insurance business at its front page lead. And that sounds to me a little bit like South African Airways saying it's getting out of the travel business. I mean, Ron, you, you know a bit about this story. The, why would Alexander Forbes sell, um, it's, get out of insurance? And this That's is, about 40% of its business. It is a big part of their business. Uh, but this almost is a tale, and I've been it's very interesting, we should watch about uh, Patrice Mutsepe. It goes yeah. back to what he's building with financial services. I think there is African Rainbow Capital. They own 70% of Alex Forbes, and also they're the biggest shareholder, along with Ubuntu Butubato in Sanlam. And you can see the, the play is almost, we, almost speculative right now, but you can see that African Rainbow is basically combining, is making Sunlum bigger. This is their vehicle for insurance. So it's almost like an asset. So they'll, take, they'll buy this insurance I'm pretty business. sure that they'll be the first in line to buy the Alex oh, Forbes insurance business because the Alex Forbes CEO last year left and he had a different strategy altogether. Completely he was going, according to the story. Yeah, he was going straight with insurance. So yeah. he, he left, falling out with the, the big shareholder, which is yeah. Sunlum. Yeah. And the guy who's replaced him as CEO is a former Sunlum guy. So you have a form, former Sunlum, uh, basically former Sunlum people running Alex Forbes, running Sunlum and running Ark. And you can see like this is a, 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 a Patrice Mutsepe financial services play and he's, he's building up become, the Sunlum I mean, does, to does, this does Patrice in a way become the sort of Latter-day Harry or Harry Oppenheimer. I mean, is it, I mean, when you own bits of everything. Yeah. You know, I remember when empowerment started in this country, and everyone said the example everyone must follow is how Sunlam was created yeah. in like an Afghan yeah. power thing. And literally, when you when you see the small things that are they're not small anymore, right? Yeah. What Sunlam is doing, but virtually that's exactly what he's doing. Building Sunlam, he's using Sunlam, I mean, African Rainbow, and in turn yeah. Sunlam as this building up his financial services business away from uh, yeah. commodities. You, know, you can see he's not very business busy on African rainbow uh, mineral side. Yeah. But this is his play, going to time back. Luke, in do you the think the story has yeah. legs? Look, let me, let, let me start by maybe playing editor here. Yeah. I, I think 70%, the morning 70% of Alexander Forbes is probably way too high because they are the second biggest shareholder. I, I mean, I don't know what the number is, but I think 70% maybe we put overplaying that. But I mean, the, I mean, a lot has happened with this company. It's, it's had quite a, quite a rough year. When I, go, I mean, that, that period with Darfur was a very yeah. volatile period, and I think the share price is down like 30% in the past year. So like, you could argue that a strategic change for the new CEO was inevitable. Yeah. At some point, something would, would, would happen. I mean, the, I mean, what they're saying here, they, they, they want to go back almost to basics in a way. Like they, they, They've gone away from the, from, from the model of... Uh, of, of, of targeting like wealthy individuals and trying to go back to the more traditional like looking at institutions and then the, the administrative yes. sort, of, sort of side of things. Whether or not, whether or not that, that's, that's where the growth is into the future, I don't Which is know. Which is a problem. They're almost reverting yeah. back to what has failed them. Alex mm -hmm. Forbes is one of these insurers, these houses that has been really in trouble for the past yeah. 20 years. And so the movement insurance and going there was almost like a growth thing. So they've, they, they're scrapping that idea altogether. But, yeah, but the, but the, but the, the spread of Patrice's um, power, yeah. I suppose, or influence, mm. has been quite extraordinary. It is. It is, um, and we need to watch. We need to watch what he's doing in, in terms of in, uh, energy and stuff, and yeah. what he's recreating with Sunlam. Mm. He's building up this this fortress yeah. on financial services, in in banking, 
good old bad. Where were we, where, where we playing? Because there's a new bank coming out as well. In fact, there's something on the on the front page on the cover of. I think his has come out already. His is Time Bank. Time Bank. Right. This is one with the, the Australians, the, the, right? Exactly. The one you can go to pick and pay. And yeah. I actually I've been to pick and pay, and I've seen the sign saying like open up account at this kiosk, but I'm actually seen the kiosk. Okay. I'm, I'm sure they're there. <laughs> they're there I'm not sure how well that's been doing, but but it's only been a few weeks, so it's probably too early. No, but corporate South Africa is interesting, you know, because it, 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 it's, it's weak and strong. I mean, it, it, yeah. has, it has made an ass of itself uh, in, uh, with the Guptas. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot to be recovered from, I think, reputationally across the board, yeah. um, particularly in professional services. Um, so we've got nothing um, to be particularly proud, but it is good to see um, somebody in there doing build, building something really big again. Oh, yeah. you know? I mean, it's, it's, it's great. What about Naspers? I mean, is Naspers? Sorry, Patrick. I, I mean, no. throw throw you in because I'm asking questions. Of it. Mm. These guys know more than I do. Um, is Naspers leaving the country, or is it just listing overseas and staying here? Yeah. Is it like putting your money overseas and then living off out of an ATM machine? Yeah. Or? I suppose. That, 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 I mean, that is always going to be the perception. I think that's the South Africans when you hear about that, you know, because we are like an insular in that sense. Because yeah. as soon as somebody says they're going to put money overseas, we're like, oh, it's, just, it's a lack of faith in the country, no, in, or even listing something overseas. And I suppose here it becomes even more suspicious since the CEO is Dutch and lives in Holland. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if you think about it, I mean, this goes back to that whole tense, because basically, like, Sanna, Sanna, they bought 10 cents when many years ago for 36 million. Yeah. And now that share, that what that stake there is worth more than the whole of Naspers altogether. Yeah. Yeah. And so they need to get some kind of value so to get rid of that discount in some way. So maybe one, they said they figured one maybe elegant way is to get Tencent and all these other non-SA assets out of there so that so then you have the Naspers here as, as, a, as a local business. So we can't buy NASP, we can't buy Tencent in South Africa then? No, you can because, because it's going to be a secondary listing. Okay. And, mm -hmm. and I think also it helps in terms of, of the market here. I mean, because, because the way that Naspers has, yeah. has, has grown is it's become like something like 35% of the index. Which yeah. like which means we've got a big do, concentration. Does it do, does it, Ron, does it do anything of its own overseas? I mean, I suppose, do, 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 or does it simply buy into ongoing operations? It's uh, the more yes. I th the more you talk to Nasper, the more you, you get like a company that sits with uh, shareholders' money and starts looking for opportunities, right? And mm -hmm. finds startups and invest in them and build them up. That's literally what they're doing. So they're almost like a. But they're not. They're, they're not doing a Woolworths and sort of trying to buy a large operating chain doing difficult no, no. things in Australia. So, or, they're looking for their next Tencent. I mean, because so Tencent yeah. was their big hit. So yeah. I think they found something in, in India. Yeah. So that's generally their play. So they yeah. want to be seen as, I mean, the, yeah. what I what I equated to, there's a Japanese uh, company called SoftBank that has stakes in Facebook and all these. Yeah, yeah. And literally, that's what Nasdaq is creating by putting it there in, in Europe. And so it's basically, like, that's what Bob Van Dyke does every day. sits there, looks at various deals and say, we're investing here. Of course, Beck himself spends an awful lot of time in Europe now as well. I think a lot in the UK. UK. He's, he's building another one of these big um, elaborate uh, and very lovely gardens, I believe. I'm not sure what, I can't remember what the one near Selenbosch is called now. Um, yeah. Maybe I could ask one question, I'm pretend I'm Peter for a second. Mm -hmm. So from what you just said, Ron, can, can, then can you still describe this company as a tech company now, or is it more like an investment <laughs> holding company? It's now? like a, what, 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 he hates <laughs> like venture capital, like it's like, you know, all, there's all this money in Silicon Valley, so they want to create something of that, where it's like a venture capital type business, but instead of 
Well, he claims that they, they build them and they stay with them and so on, build them up to scale, like Tencent, the rest, the rest and the like. But they're a venture capital business. They're not, they're not uh, I mean, there was one criticism of Bob Van Dijk saying of his high pay because what does he do every day? He sits in his office and looks at different investments and where to put money. It was a big criticism of him. I think he took it very too hard. But oh, really? that's basically what NASPERS is doing right now. Like they're just so building. Capital allocation. Capital allocation, right? Yeah. In tech, in particular Asia and... Yeah. I don't know about how, how excited they are about Africa. I keep asking about yeah. how, how exciting is Africa, but it's, it's more Asia. That's What's happening to the rand, by the way, talking about capital allocation? We are yeah, up and down. We're in, in, to the pound, we are down below 19 again, or above 19, but that's because the UK is in trouble. I mean, or is it not? Or is that a rand problem or I mean, reflective uh, of a rand problem I, I, or a sterling problem? I think it's going to be a volatile... I mean, it's been a volatile week. I mean, I think the rand... I think yeah. you've also had, like... Techie actually come up this week. You know, there's yeah. elections coming up. Yeah. And I think I saw a headline on Bloomberg today about how investors basically are stuck in Techie with capital control, so you can't, yeah. people can't get out. So in this kind of environment, because yeah. the rand is one of the most liquid currencies yeah. in the world, let alone just emerging yeah. markets. So when there is trouble in Argentina, Turkey, whatever, you, and you want to reduce we your holdings it, it, yeah. in emerging markets, yeah. then you basically reduce in South Africa because you can't always do the same in Turkey or Argentina. Yeah. So we suffer but from you, that. You, you, um, I mean, you know both sides of, this, of, of, the, of the Rand Sterling story. Um, what is actually happening at, in London now regarding Brexit? So all those Tory MPs who were opposed to Theresa May, sort of hard Brexiteer um, group, the ERG, I think they're called, European Research Group, um, Theresa May is now in such trouble that they may come to her rescue yeah. by voting for her deal. You know, it's been an amazing period trying to follow up, like trying to ask people in Britain what's happening. They actually don't mm. know. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. how crazy it's been the last couple yeah. of weeks. I think what's happened now that they, 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 they had Brexiters, they, 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 they mean they've rejected her deal twice on the grounds that it, or it wasn't strong enough in terms yeah. of getting out of Europe. But now they find themselves in a bind because they, because of what the, 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 it looks like the option is either they take this deal and they get out of Europe. Yeah. Or else there's some kind of extension, which could be like a year or two, yeah. which keeps them yeah. in, the, in, 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 in the EU for longer. In which case, like, you know, the, the public mood probably moves against yeah. Brexit. So now they've they got this way, okay, now they're becoming more pragmatic in a way. Either you have this imperfect Brexit or maybe possibly have no Brexit at all. Because the, because the parliament in Britain has ruled out the possibility of a no-deal Brexit. So, yeah. so, so it's either they do this deal or else face a prolonged delay of Brexit, which if, yeah. it's, if it's a year or two, Patrick, maybe there's no Brexit at all. interesting, isn't it? I mean, the, the sort of parallels between uh, sort of Cyril Ramaphosa in the middle of a, of a fractious and, 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 and argumentative party and Theresa May doing the same, um, he, Cyril is, is being much more careful uh, to uh, uh, sort of hold party unity together than she's been. Absolutely. Well, of course, Cyril is uh, the, the master of process, and um, he's—I I think he makes sure that it that this all takes place within a, a, a political process that he can, to some extent, uh, uh, control. But you know, whether he whether he has the sort of backing of the party elements in the party. Um, that remains to be seen. It's, it's, it's re remarkable that we don't know whether he has or not. Mm. Yeah, well, I see Rob Davies quoted yesterday saying he was asked whether, um, 
you know, what, what is the chance that the ANC will, will win a majority and that Cyril will at some point uh, be thrown out and the sort of real leaders step forward? Yeah. And he's saying, no, um, you know, come after May 8, the election, which the ANC will no doubt win, that, uh, that this will be construed as a mandate for Cyril mm. and that he can then go ahead. And But I must say, you know, uh, you get the feeling that all of that would go against what we're finding out now. Um, and what, what, we, what we're seeing now is a kind of preponderance of, uh, of Bosasa state capture um, uh, elements. But isn't that a good thing that we're finding it out? It's good that we're finding it out, but um, does, does anything come of it? Mm. You know, I, th I read a piece the other day, what is it? It's 20, 25 of, of the, the, the Zuma ministers in the sort of top 50 yeah. of the ANC. Pravin Gordon coming in number 73. Um, did I read somewhere that Ibrahim Patel is won't so, so low down on the list that, that yeah, he won't even make say, it? Well, he'll have to be invited back into because I'm sure Cyril will have him um, back, in, back in the So, game. you know, I think yeah. for, all, for all of us, it's a question of what, what sort of ANC will people be voting for? And of course, the state capture um, nightmare just sort of continues and now uh, 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 Cyril's son, uh, Andile. Uh, let's, let's come. Let's let's come back and talk about Andile Ramaphosa and and Cyril because, you know, we all have um, trouble sometimes with our children. Mm. Um, we don't know who's here at fault here, but yeah. I know Patrick that you've been watching it, and I'd like to unpack it. Um, we're, we're beginning to talk about um, Cyril uh, Ramaphosa and his son Andile, and um, and Bosasa's money. So Bosasa, originally, how did the story start? So, did someone st ask him a written question in Parliament or was it from the floor? Do you know? Can you remember? I seem to remember that he was asked a question at President's Question Time. From the floor? From the floor. So he was asked about... Uh, Musi. Right. Yeah. So he, he wouldn't have been prepared for the answer, right? He wasn't. Yeah. And uh, it seems that he wasn't quite aware of of the monies flowing into his campaign. The, the question and then came back to Parliament and corrected his... So, but the question then from Musi was, mm. you, why has your son got 500,000 500, mm. from Bosasa? Mm. He came back, sold it a couple of days later, and said, I've made a mistake, uh, Madam Speaker. Uh, it wasn't 500,000 to my son. It was 500,000 to my to campaign, my and campaign. I didn't know about it. Yeah. Now... Tell us what's happened now. Well, of course, he famously said that uh, if his son is found to have taken money yeah. illegally and it's not above board, he'd be the first to take him to the police station. And obviously, that's a, that's a big change from sort of other ANC leaders. Yeah. Um, for, for the corrupt, it's, uh, the children of the ANC leaders seem to have been the, 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 the kind of the targets. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. you know, obviously with the Zuma children and... Uh, and I, I suppose in, in the case now of Andile now, so he's, he's basically come clean and saying, well, he's been getting money from Bosasa every month. So, so, it, it, so, so what Cyril was saying was, 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 he, was he saying when he came back to Parliament for the 500,000? I mean, the, the key question is, did he mislead now? Mm. Because if he deliberately misled, yeah. he's going to have to face some sanction. I mean, well, um, the question obviously then is, did, did he know about the other payments yeah. that uh, Andile's company... If he thought that, but, you know, because we don't know about Cyril's re relationship with his son. Mm. Mm. Um, we don't know whether they talk to each other. Mm. Uh, you know, fathers and, fathers and sons are, 
Uh, it's always a difficult relationship, and yes, not every son is the, yeah. turns out the way you want them to, and, yeah. and family is there to, you know, to, to, to mess you up yeah. often. Yeah. Um, uh, what we do know is that Cyril is saying that he did get, his campaign did get 500,000 Rand from Bosasa. Andil is saying, I also got five, uh, and I got more. Did he say he got more? Two million. Two, two million. Two million. Two million. So, so, so this two million is separate from the 500,000 yes. now. This is a And I'm not 100% sure whether the two million is separate from the, from the monthly payments uh, Andil has been yeah. getting. And so what's really interesting with those? Sorry, is, is how quickly Bosasa moved in. Yeah, I was going to say. Mm. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you know, they're still yeah, yeah. driving out of the Nazareth parking yeah. lot. They, yes. and, uh, but you can imagine, can you imagine, and I don't mean this, in, I mean, I'm probably wrong, but can you imagine the racism involved in, in seeing a new black leader get elected mm. and you thinking, I've got all this money, let me go and get his son and I'll nail him. And, this, and obviously not even assuming for a second that it wouldn't work, you know. Yeah. Well, um, also obviously, yeah. obviously, we are assuming here that there's something untoward happened. Too much as maybe it was a genuine business. Ah, uh, no, Pusasa, <laughs> any money for Pusasa. <laughs> we know now, Lukanyo. We know now. <laughs> but I'm about, about, about put that up there. Like, about like <laughs> ethics, right? Mm. Like, I don't know, family Who's ethics. Who's to say likes to see both sides of the story? Yeah, and yeah. yeah, no, it's all my ethics, Bloomberg. But like ethics, you know, like, so you as the son of, your, your dad just comes from a brutal fight against this guy. Yeah. And you accept two million immediately, and you accept it. You knowing very well that this could come back to bite your old father's pain. And, and uh, it gives the same thing with uh, this week PIC inquiry. Yeah. That the son yeah. going to get money from PIC, yeah. knowing your dad. Like, I don't know. Is it ethics? Something South yeah. needs to step back and take a deep breath about themselves I mean, and so their families and this these corrupt, are, you know, corruption. You, you now have you now have Shamila Batohi at the NPA. I know that the NPA is difficult, and I'm sure everybody's, you know, making things as as complicated as possible mm. for her, because they're actually going to have to do some work at the NPA. But surely she's one or two people there that she can now trust, and if she hasn't, she should just go out and find them and appoint them. Uh, she's got permission to appoint an investigating director. You should be making arrests now. I'm told that what's happening at the NPA is they're saying no political arrests before before the election. Mm. And it's just crazy, because yes. after the election, if you're talking EFF and VBS, mm. mm. when the EFF goes from 6% to 10%, you think it's going to be okay then to go and arrest them, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, it's just, just crazy. But it's the thing about South Africa yes. and making political decisions on yeah. everything yeah. we do. Mm. When, Man, go for the go before just election. Go. Just like absolutely yeah. go. Because afterward, can you imagine going off the no, as you say, then, Julius? No, you no. can't touch Julius for ten percent. Yeah. Like, how yeah. do you touch? Yeah. Like, then, but what also, do you I mean, consider? They, 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 the, the whole thing was Cyril was supposed to depoliticize these institutions. In PA, they supposed to make this like a purely technical legal decision, not thinking about political considerations about who's got how much support. That's only way this country will get sober. Only way this country. I mean, for the past 10, 15 years, even longer. Maybe. No, I call Shamila Batoy in, a, um, in uh, an interview saying that uh, that she doesn't expect to come under political pressure. Mm. Yeah. By that, I think she meant that from, she, from doesn't, the top. she doesn't expect undue political yeah. pressure. Mm. But uh, I just get the feeling that the NPA is told, look, uh, state capture, the, the, the revelations, disclosures are coming out. You do your job. But there doesn't seem to be a lot of backing for her to... 
Well, she doesn't need backing. She's just basically she has the she has the ability to call on the police to go and arrest somebody. Mm. Certainly, mm. the special mm. investigator does. Mm. The investigating director. Mm. Talking of, in, in, let's leave that aside and come back to it in, uh, in another show soon. I'm sure. Eskim. So the lights are on. Mm. Um, what is this? I mean, is that simply because the, the diesel tanker arrived at George Port and is now we're living off, you know, the fumes of a few, the fumes of these. I mean, it's got so bad. Apparently, there was a sto- there were stories in the paper recently that we can't supply our own diesel, right? So we've got to ship it in now mm. because um, uh, um, the uh, Petrol SA's uh, yeah. refinery can't make diesel anymore. It's a sludge, yep. and yeah. and so. What the BP and Shell and Caltex and Total, they've all stopped using Petro SA's diesel mm. because that because it's yeah. technically it's it's it literally is mud. I suppose um, on the plus side, the, the whole world is moving away from diesel. Yeah, <laughs> suppose well, because no, sure, it's but we you know well, a good thing too because <laughs> yeah. we need a lot of it. We need we need we need a hell of a lot yeah. of diesel. Yeah. Is there anything do we know? Is I mean, are the lights on because we just simply got more diesel or are they on because they're fixing some of the some of the units at the power stations i think it's, it's diesel and, and maintenance coming well, they're getting a, a better track of me but i understand like at full capacity it's provides too much power for this country right so we shouldn't be we in just position. want yeah so the six thousand megs yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I think so the diesel helps and i think on on in terms of getting back to some of the the plants operating they're coming back online slowly and surely. Yeah. Sure, but yeah. hasn't the Corbasas uh, come back? And also Corbasas uh, come back. Come back. back. Come back. Because I was seeing pictures on, on social media of, of the line was lying on the ground, I mean, yeah. after that flood. How do you get it back uh, up? Apparently so there are two, oh, really? two supply lines. Yes. Oh, really? and, and the one will take months and months to fix. Okay. The other one's up and up running. And running. But right. what amazes me is how much uh, difference a thousand megawatts seems makes to us. make to our grid. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you wonder... Uh, it's between stage one and stage Just two. how much electricity we are actually using and you know, yeah. how correct those, uh, those figures are. The, the, I don't know what you thought of the press conference there. Did you see it? It was when was it? it was last it? week. It was Thursday, Wednesday, yeah, Thursday. Wednesday, Thursday last week. Yeah. You know, there's something about. Uh, I was very disturbed by. Yeah. About feeding into the panic. That press conference, if it was most, no, I mean, it was supposed to reassure all of us that yeah. uh, everything's under control. Yeah. And My. we're counting the days. What is it? Ten to fourteen <laughs> yeah, days. We yeah. were told we're yeah. going to get. Mm, that press conference was terrible, terrible for me. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't do it again, and I, I, I really, I really did think, and I don't know him at all, and I might be being very unfair, but. I don't think the ESCOM CEO really is <coughs> born to that job. Brian, I'm told that Brian Darmus would go back tomorrow and fix, if he was asked to. If he was asked to come back. And, you know, what you, he's a controversial figure, um, but he, he was the last guy who, who when uh, the, the first load shedding began in mm. January 2008, yeah. they called him in to fix it. Yes. And then he became head of generation. Yes. And he would be, you know, to go back as a former head of ESCOM Generation mm. as CEO would be just perfect because Generation's the problem here. I mean, the thing with him, like what I'd say, Brian probably is the best of the lot, right? So he was there until 2008. So all the mistakes that were made then, it's all his mistakes, right? Yeah. But he's a competent guy. So yeah. whatever needs to be fixed, he knows where the what skeletons are. So this is the, the guy who must go back and fix and, and move forward. And as a, I mean, he could walk through. He literally personally knows every, every single boiler yes, yes. in ESCOM. And he knows everything that's gone wrong. And yeah. he's, I mean, the contracting, the design, all the... We said, we spoke about... Uh, Parafim yeah. has been saying design problems. Yeah. 
there's the guy with design. We will approve yeah. the design, right? And if there are design problems, this is the guy yeah. that can fix them. It, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be forever. I yeah. mean, Helen Zilla has written quite an interesting piece um, in the Daily Maverick, I think it was yesterday, about a, 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 another way of, of uh, uh, sorting out Cape Town's power, which is, I think it's called small-scale um, embedded generating or something. So basically, it might be anything from, uh, you know, a, 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 a electricity being produced at a factory or a, a, a panel on your own roof that you can sell back into the grid, um, all of which, which sounds great. You know, we c there isn't a, a clean, independent energy future ahead of us, but you can't, you know, that's all, but that's 10 years away, even just for a province like the Western Cape. Mm. Um, you've got to fix ESCOM. You know, even what's there, even if you walk away from Kusila and Madupi, use what's working mm. and don't spend another cent on the rest. Mm. You know, pun I don't know, is that, is that crazy, I mean, Ron? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's almost where perhaps there should be a divorce that us as, as uh, how normal citizens, maybe yeah. we should start looking at ways of generating out, getting a different source. But for big corporate, I mean, for, for the big industry, ESCOM is vital. If this country is going to attract the types of jobs we need, we need to fix ESCOM. And maybe we must start thinking about, okay, for general citizens, uh, us, you know, maybe we should start thinking for ourselves, how do we generate, get, get off the grid more? But, but fundamentally for the big industry... But we should industry, be off the grid, but be able to supply into the yeah, grid. Supply into the grid. Yeah, supply into the grid. Yeah, in, in some form or other. I mean, how, yeah, what uh, better way to make a poor man yeah. a steady income yeah. than to put... A, a, um, uh, a panel on top of his roof, yes, let him feed into the grid, and let him be paid some money. For and this is happening, right? It's, it's tell, when people say ESCOM, no, no privatization, people must take a seat back. ESCOM is being privatized. We yeah. are privatized. We, yeah. as a nation, yeah. totally ESCOM is being privatized yeah. on the generation side. Now we've got to sort out yeah. the distribution, all those other parts of the, of the scheme. Yeah. But ESCOM, privatization is playing a small role in ESCOM, whether it likes or whether government has a policy or happening. not. Mm. It's happening. It's generally, we are privatizing power production in this country. We are doing that. And slowly. Yeah. And, and very quickly, sorry, Patrick, no, sorry. Kanye, um, on tomorrow, no, Wednesday, uh, Friday, um, Moody's is set to what, make a call. Yeah. What, what are they going to do? I think they probably will just change the outlook. To negative. So from, from, yeah, from, from stable to negative, and then probably look ahead to what will happen in, let's say, in the medium-term budgets, give us a chance to see whether we can get some of these issues, some kind of progress they'll on some of these that, issues. They'll be that tolerant to us. They've been very good to us. Because also, like, I think Hillary Joffe made a big point that, 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 that it, makes it, it should make them look silly if they suddenly just like, go straight for the, like, the nuclear option. Then, then, then it means they're, they're, they're behind the curve, that they've allowed themselves yeah. to be behind the curve. Whereas if they say like, the things are looking a bit bad, I'll give you this few months. Let's see what happens in, after the election. Yeah. Let's okay. see what happens after yeah. the medium-term budget. We'll yeah. see whether, whether those, those debt matrix can... It must be, problem. Patrick, unbelievably difficult to run this place. Well, I mean, who would want to? Uh -huh. Who would want to? I mean, a sea of poverty, a, you know, heightened expectations all around. Uh, a, a, a small but significant grouping of super-rich people. Um, and our history. Who yeah. would want to? Who would want to? Well, um, thank you very much for joining us. We would want you to come back again next week, and we hope you enjoy the show.